The CGA Tour, a podcast unlike any other. Now your host, Calvin Alexander. Welcome back to the latest episode of the CGA Tour. I'm your host, Calvin Glenn Alexander, and on this episode of the podcast, I have recurring guest, and I mean, I keep saying it as almost co-host at this point, Jake Carlson, but I also have, <laughs> especially joining me today from Portland, Oregon, the Lakers fan himself, and Padres fan like myself too, I've got to say, and Jeremy Begun. Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me, man. Hey, Calvin, thanks so much for having me, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, well, hey, um... The, the one thing I think you and I share, at least, um, at least, at least um, NBA wise, you know, fandom is, is that I definitely grew up a Thunder fan for sure. And, you know, a little bit more than a year ago, Paul George was in a famous trade with the Thunder that blew up over a weekend and kind of blew up everyone's phones overnight, uh, especially if you're a Thunder fan or a Clippers fan or whatever. You as a Lakers fan, I'm assuming it kind of blew up your mentions, all type of stuff too, just saying, hey, you know, Clippers kind of going all in, right? They have Kawhi, you know, they have Paul George. This is what it's, this is what's going to happen, right? So then, of course, we fast forward to basically the, the Clippers being knocked out of the playoffs, losing a 3-1 um, series lead that they had to the Nuggets, who had to come back from their second deficit being down 3-1. And we saw the Kawhi and Paul George-led Clippers team lose um let me let me get your reactions all right like like you you probably watched some of the game or most of the game or at least were following the series what did you think of at least that series to start off with yeah so that series to start off with i didn't um catch much of game one but uh denver coming off a seven game series didn't expect much of them coming off and obviously the clippers being heavily favored and rested and um healthy i guess is the one of the key things for them is uh, they got a, a blowout in game one, but um, kind of a, a competitive series, I would say, up until the 3-1 lead. And, I mean, of course, the 3-1 lead to the Jazz, or 3-1 deficit to the Jazz and versus 3-1 deficit to the Clippers, you you really think that it's it's pretty much over in, in, in five to six games. But, I mean, I was talking to a couple buddies of mine who are Nuggets fans, and uh, he was like, you know, I'm I'm not I'm gonna be scared of the Nuggets if they get down 16 in the second half. Like that's like a magic number. So each of the last three games, they got down by 16, 12, 15 in like the third quarter and just got turned around. And I was like, as a Laker fan, I'm like the Clippers are uh, Clipper fans, the media, everybody. The Clippers are the favorites. They're built to beat the Lakers. And I'm like, they're not gonna actually lose to the Nuggets. It's gonna it, it might go like six, five to six games maybe. And I mean. They're just a better team, I thought. And lo and behold, it's game seven. I'm watching the game and it's, it's close at halftime. And I'm like, there's still no way this is going to happen. Like, why is going to turn it on in the second half? Like, Paul George, like, you know, he's not been too, too good in the, uh, in the playoffs. But I mean, I, I just thought they had more depth, um, and just a better team overall. And then Nuggets started taking that lead in the third quarter. And I was just like, Okay, when's this gonna like turn around and like the series needs to end right now? And got up to like tag, got up to like fifteen. Clippers couldn't like make. I think the first basket was like six minutes left in the fourth quarter, and like Kawhi's missing shots he normally makes. Paul George hitting the side of the backboard on threes, and I'm like, this is actually gonna happen right now. And my personal opinion as a Laker fan is, I mean, I think the Nuggets are a lot easier matchup for us because we can throw McGee, Howard, AD, even Morris on 
uh, Jokic, but for me, I I kind of wanted to beat the Clippers. The Clippers have been regarded as the championship favorites the entire year, and I mean, they're talking all this crap about us and <laughs> thinking they're going to beat us and they're built for us, and I mean, the Lakers were waiting for them, and they just couldn't couldn't get there. Well, I, so, I would say I, this, like, it, it seemed as though before the season started, all right, it's going to be a toss-up. Like, all right, you know, pick... Pick whoever you want to. Either LeBron's not going to care about being the one seed or Kawhi's not going to care about right. being the one seed in the West. But they're going to be one, two. You know, pick whoever you want to. Like, it, it's going to be one or the other. And then, all right, we're going to see this great Western Conference Finals. I mean, we saw the first night of the NBA was Clippers-Lakers. The first night of the season kind of, you know, having the play-in bubble and the new, you know, eight games, Clippers-Lakers. It's a matchup right. everyone's anticipating. And then, I mean... I, I almost want to want to say it better. I want to say like, ah, oh, the Clippers couldn't get there or, or whatever it is. And I would say, oh, they choked. But really, they just they just seemed like they were out of it. I mean, it, it just seemed bizarre. It was as as a Thunder fan and watching Portland play the Thunder in the previous year's playoffs. Right. And Paul George getting a shot just sent right over his arm by Damian Lillard to knock the Thunder out of the playoffs. I was like, you know, when I saw it happen, I went, crap, dude, like. Uh, that that hurts, you know. That's that's a that's a defeat yeah. that's going to stick with me for a while. And then at the end of the day, you hear about oh well, Paul George was injured, and he you know, and was dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. And Westbrook wasn't maybe hundred percent. You know, Thunder fan, go, all right, well, I'll hold my head high a little bit here, you know. Like all right, well, you know, our, our two best guys were injured, and the guy who was the you know was an MVP voting was third overall MVP voting last year, the regular season. And Paul George was injured. All right, and he injured both of his shoulders, and that's why he fell off after the All-Star game and all those games down the stretch, etc. Okay, all right. You know what? Sucks losing to Portland. Sucks the way it happened. But, all right, Thunder will bounce back and be good. And Paul George will bounce back and be fine. You know, he'll he'll show up and be... He'll be the, he'll be the you know, reinvigorated Paul George, you know, next season or whatever. He'll be that guy who was taking on LeBron James, Pacers, Cavs series. You know, he'll be right. the guy who's defensive player of the year candidacy or, you know, all NBA defensive team or whatever. And then I look at this series and I look at almost the last series the Clippers played against the, you know, against the Mavericks too. One, Mavericks pretty good. Lucas pretty good. Not going to knock him too much on that. But yeah. that. That shouldn't have been that much of a series. Kristaps went out, missed more than half the series, I believe. That should have been, ah, Clippers got this no matter what, it's done, you know? Then right. then this series, the, the Clippers were up 3-1. You know, that type of stuff where I get me, I get kind of the jokes thrown around of, hey, if you want to make fun of the Warriors, you know, losing their 3-1 deficit to the Cavs, you guys don't have anything to talk about because you had the KD and Russell Westbrook Thunder and they lost 3-1 too. Well, right. now it's going, dude, this is literally just win one game. And the games were not yep. that close that the Nuggets <laughs> came back and won. It's like the Nuggets, like, it's like the Nuggets were playing with a 3-1 lead and they just, you know, each time. Ah, we just got to win one more. All right. Yeah, we'll just kind of put some more energy in and knock it out. But they're they're playing to stay alive. But the Clippers yep. just, they just had to finish it off. They just had to win that one more game. It was, it's on a last second shot. If it's in overtime, if it's in triple overtime, or if it's by 30, they just had to win one game no matter what it was. And for them not to put up the energy and the effort or, or whatever it was to do that, it just seems like maybe we're going to hear again. Uh, you know what? Hey, Paul George's shoulders were injured, you know, or Kawhi's quad couldn't really do it because they're playing, you know, they only had one day off between games or whatever it was. 
I mean, you tell me as a Lakers fan, did you really <laughs> want to see the Clippers in, in the Western Conference Finals? Or were you kind of going, you know what? Now that I look at it, like the Nuggets and Jamal Murray, I don't know how we're going to necessarily guard Murray. I, I know you're going to guard Jokic. Like that's not going to be that much of a conversation. I've seen Anthony Davis block you know, shots. I've seen, you know, breakdowns, whatever, of how they Anthony Davis plays Jokic, whatever. But, I mean, are you almost thinking, all right, well, Quiet Paul George, this Quiet Paul George especially, uh, I think we can take him easier. Yeah, so uh, there's a couple thoughts on that as well. Like, um, going back to the 3-1 lead, um, the 3-1 lead that the Cavs, or, I mean, who was the, it was the, the Thunder and Warriors, like that was Western Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. This was the second round, too. Like, right. This is a, a second round regarded to beginning of the season starts, free agency, Paul George goes, Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers. Like, it's penciled in Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals. That's what we've been hearing the whole season. The media has been hyping up it. When are we getting to Lakers Clippers in the in the basically for the championship in the Western Conference Finals? Because I mean now that Milwaukee's out, Toronto's out, it's Boston Miami, which we didn't I didn't expect. I thought it was going to be Toronto Boston or Toronto uh, Milwaukee um, Eastern Conference Finals, and I mean they they did choke. I mean three one. There's no reason they that team without expectations loses the series and. Hearing those post game comments where Paul George is like, "Oh, it's we, our expectations were never really a championship. We didn't really get time together." It's like for a team that load manages Kawhi Leonard, who, for, to be honest, it works. Like it worked in Toronto, worked in San Antonio. They also had what March to September off. Like, and then there's <laughs> there's there's thoughts in this bubble where everybody's in the same circumstances. No one really has an advantage over the other. I mean, chemistry is going to be a huge thing that obviously it's, it's big. Like the teams of the best chemistry are the four best teams in right now. And I just really never thought that the, the Clippers really turned it on versus anybody except for the Lakers. Like being a Laker fan, like I watched most games of the season. Like there's times where like Lakers don't really have it on, like they could turn it on here and there. And, I was excited, but like watching the Clippers, like watching the Clippers in the playoffs, like there's a different intensity the Clippers have when they play the Lakers versus when they, they play another team. And I mean, if they played with the intensity that they played versus the Lakers, the what three games of the season, like those games, I'm like on the edge of my seat, like watching like crap. I, I, I don't want to lose the Clippers right now. We lost the first two games, won the third one, but, um, I just think they were just looking so far ahead of the Lakers that they honestly, if Porzingis doesn't get hurt, that series is a lot different. Like the Mavs are a good team offensively, like defensively, they're not the greatest and probably not going to stop the Clippers, which I, I still think they would win that. But 3-1 against the Nuggets, like that's the thing too. They're, they were up by double digits in the third quarter <laughs> each game. Like you have to win those games if you're a Clippers fan. And I mean, as you probably, saw a few of my tweets after that uh game seven i uh i went a little crazy with uh, being a laker fan and all the clippers hype the clippers are going to make the clippers are going to win the championship everybody's picking them to to at least make it past the lakers and they're built to beat the lakers but it's like as laker fan we're, we're here we're, we're waiting for you how to win one game that was set up on a platter for you and it's just didn't get it done so as as a lebron hater 
Um, not really a hater, more of like a loather. I loathe watching him play. Um, I acknowledge that he is a great player, but like, I don't like seeing the whining, I guess. That's my thing. Um, and Calvin and I have talked about this numerous times. However, you are a Laker fan. You are not a LeBron fan. So you reserve all of your right to just like annihilate the Clippers at this point. Right. Because I saw a lot of like LeBron Laker fans coming at the Clippers and I'm like, yeah, like yeah. be quiet. You don't really have a, like you're, you don't really have a say in this. You're different. So I really want to like give a little bit of credit to the Nuggets, I guess. Um, yeah. Oh, they deserve all the credit. And, yeah. and, Cal- and Calvin and I usually mention them. So my favorite team is the Wizards, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> my favorite player is Bradley Beal. Um, Snub, for those of you sorry. That, yeah. He, oh, we'll get into that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Calvin and I had a 30 minute conversation about that earlier. Um, so the thing with the Nuggets, Calvin, the Nuggets always come up with us when we talk about trades because they have all of, they have right. a bunch of assets. They have a super deep team. And I think like top to bottom, they probably have the deepest team in the NBA. They're just not top heavy, right? Like the Clippers are very top heavy. They have a deep team, but they're very top heavy. Like the drop off is pretty significant. Whereas with the Nuggets, you know, you're not dropping off that far where it's like what they have like a Plumley brother or something. Is, is it Miles or right. Marshall Mason, whichever yeah. one? I don't know. Um, and it's like, he's not a bad player. I don't, you know, if he's coming, he's better than any big the Wizards have. So, like, right, him yeah. coming off the bench right now is pretty acceptable. As well as uh, Monte Morris, who Calvin and I saw, like, shred us when he was at Iowa State over and over again. And it's like they have all these players that come in and they play their role and they do exactly what they're supposed to do. And so, like, I have to give credit to the Nuggets and, and Mike Malone for just, oh, yeah. like, like, if you guys are going to underestimate us, then we'll just take advantage of it. Exactly. Like, if you're if you take, it's like we say about Gundy, if you're going to take your foot off the gas, then that's on you. Right. So again, you, you have every right to go all in on the Clippers. Um, (laughs) I saw, uh, I was so irritated. I saw so many LeBron fans just like roasting the Clippers. And I'm like, what, how long, let me check my watch and see how long you've been a Lakers fan. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, to, to come off that as well. Like, I mean, you never really think of the Clippers as like a team. They've never been past the second round, which got yeah, brought up like, a <laughs> lot, a lot in the second round. And I mean, I've been a Laker fan since I can remember. And to be honest, I'm pretty sure Calvin knows this. I was not a LeBron fan before he joined the Lakers, to be honest. I, uh, I was, Kobe. why would you be? Exactly. I was a Kobe fan. He made the decision to go on the, um, that show and. I guess it was all for like the boys and girls club and stuff, but it's like everybody makes their decision. It comes out on Twitter, it comes out on ESPN, whatever, and like doing that. And I was like, okay, he went to another team, joined up with everybody, they came back to Cleveland. Like if he just stayed in Cleveland, I probably wouldn't have had any additional like I would say hatred for him. And he came to the Lakers, and I was like, first off, I didn't think he was going to come to the Lakers, so I was like, it's not going to happen. Like he's going to go somewhere else or he should probably just stay in Cleveland. And then I, did, I, mean, I didn't think you would come to the wizards either. So <laughs> yeah. And then it was like the, the rumors and rumors coming up that he's like more and more like he's considering the coming to the Lakers. And then like 
it happened, I was just like shocked. And I mean, I have a bunch of friends up here in Portland, a couple Laker fans and like mostly Blazers fans. So I do remember that Paul George or blew it over Paul George shot and they went freaking nuts up here. But I mean, uh, LeBron, I was like, I guess caught on record saying like, if LeBron comes to the Lakers, like I wouldn't be a fan anymore. At the time, I was very not thinking he was going to come. So I, I kind of made that bold statement. But I mean, hearing more and more and then going a little bit deeper in like the relationships with like Kobe and like the respect that they have um, for that. Um, I kind of loosened my stance on that again. I I'd for sure say he's not one of my favorite players, even still being on the Lakers. Of course, being a Laker fan, you're going to root for him. Like you're all in pretty much at this point. It's like, it's the team. It's not the player. I mean, yes, he's the most valuable player. I would say in basketball, like the team that we have and, um, the pieces that fit in. We have a very vet- veteran team, so um, he goes out for stretches. We don't really know what to do. Rondo, of course, in the playoffs, and now we're really seeing how, how big coaching is um, in the playoffs where, I mean, to be honest, watching the Denver series and watching Denver a little bit throughout the year, their offense is pick-and-roll Jokic and Murray, and Murray shoots, Jokic shoots, wide-open three-pointer shoots. Like It's it's not the most complicated offense um, that they have. And I mean, I was texting my friend, and like, if their shooters like Grant and who else? Craig. Millsap. Millsap. If they start making threes, like, they're going to they're gonna be competitive offensively with pretty much anybody. And Porter Jr. and Morris coming off the bench. And, I mean, I just even go back to Porter. Like, I was surprised that he got hurt, obviously, but he slipped to, what, 15, 16. And yeah. didn't have any any business being that far down but i mean he's healthy now and i mean he was going what 25 30 points in the bubble and i mean that team next year and even like kind of reshifting that roster a little bit probably and getting a piece or two extra that team's going to be here for a while so like the thing i always said like thinking about that series looking forward one i always said if the nuggets got bradley beal it's over yeah like if you have Jamal Murray, Bradley Beal, and Jokic, like, yeah, good luck. You know, <laughs> good luck. Stop exactly, they're, they're going to score a hundred points between the three of them. Yeah. Um, I think if the Nuggets are to win that series, I'm, I don't think they will. But if they are, Kuzma is going to get absolutely exposed, right? Because I have to assume that. Murray and Jokic and LeBron and AD are essentially going to negate each other within, you know, like five to 10 points. Right. But if, if Kuzma's scoring 13 and Millsap's scoring 23 and then Grant scoring 10, then you're kind of like, right. Where's that offense coming from? Yeah. Where, where's, and that's the only concern. I mean, that's the concern the Lakers have had all year, though. Like, that right. doesn't change. So I, I guess I'm, I'm intrigued to see how, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis, obviously. And then, like, who, I know we always say, like, someone said, I think first take was, like, Rondo's the third, the third head yeah. of the three-headed monster. And I was like, just stop talking. Like, it's right. okay to play team basketball. That's fine. No one's going to judge you for it. Right. If five players score 10 points, you're doing pretty good, um, which is what the Nuggets will do. So it's interesting to see, like, how that top-heavy style is going to go up against um, the Nuggets, like, 
where you've got, you know, your ninth guy could score double digits. Yeah, no, and I, I totally agree with you there. Um, I mean, I watch all the, not like live, but like I watch all on Twitter, like Colin Cowherd, Stephen A, like all those top shows. And like, mm-hmm. I'm a sports fan. It's all I kind of do. Like, I don't really do much else besides do my work and watch sports. So um, hearing that Rondo is like the third option, I was kind of like, okay, like slow down a little bit. Like <laughs> as in a big three, it's, it's, it's no big three on the Lakers. Like, I mean, coach, the coach Vogel said it best. It's like the third man is the guy with the ball. Yeah. And yeah, the, the myth, the myth with playoff Rondo, it, there's no myth. Like he shows up in the playoffs. Like he's there for a reason. He's the IQ guy is going to pass it to people, make, make sure people are like accountable on uh, defensive rotations and get it to the open man. Like the last, what, four games of the Rockets series. I think he was like somewhere around, give or take a couple, like 10, eight and eight, like, he was he was there. He's making those open passes and just really getting the ball moving because Lakers have a pretty stagnant offense where they're posting up LeBron, they're posting up AD, they're doing a pick and roll, and then they're passing out of it. And teams with good rotations are going to make challenging um, those shots challenging for those players like Danny Green and Caldwell Pope and Rondo. Even making a couple threes and Kuzma, of course. But I mean, the thing with the Lakers that has been not shocking. But like, just a whole nother dimension because they can score and they want to get out on fast break. But their defense, like, has been like stellar. Like their rotations, they're like on point, communicating. Like when they're on, they're on. They're getting steals and they're going. So um, I do think AD is going to have a big series. I don't think anybody. I don't think Jokic is fast enough or going to want to like make have any fouls like against uh to use on ad and um i think we're gonna have a tough time with murray i mean i know caruso and rondo are gonna be there but i mean he make he makes those shots he's gonna average somewhere between 23 and 33 points a game i think this series and it's it's limiting Jokic, and i know Jokic is like widely regarded as like the best passer passing big man in the nba so if we can limit um uh, the double teams on him where I think Dwight um, and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are going to be a lot bigger in this series as opposed to where they were um, not available basically in the Houston series. So it's going to be interesting, but I think, I think uh, overall when one of those two go to the bench, either Murray um, or Jokic, I think the Lakers are going to expose them to be honest, but never, I'm not trying to like disrespect the Nuggets because they're here for a reason. And I mean, it's not going to shock me entirely. We go down 0-1 and then make adjustments, win the next two to three games, and then nope, it's the three-one Nuggets again. So it's like <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard to see like what actually is going to happen. But I mean, the thing with the Lakers is the adjustments they've made from a loss this postseason has been worlds apart from other teams where they're going to play their style and they're going to stick to what they're good at. That's why the Rockets got exposed every game. They stuck to what they were. They had Tyson Chandler, who's a big man, who could have given them five minutes here and there. And, I mean, it's situational. I mean, that was kind of the funny thing about that the Rockets team this year, period, is that they had Tyson Chandler played, I think, one minute in the playoffs against the Thunder. Now, one minute was due to a technical foul where the Thunder got to choose the shooter, and they chose Tyson Chandler to come off the bench. like. That, that was funny within itself, but you're right. The Lakers literally just made an adjustment after that first game, and then that was the series. You know, and then at right. the final game ended so poorly for the Rockets that you have Russell Westbrook just, I think, 
I think he was yelling at somebody's <laughs> brother, right? Somebody Rondo's on the, brother. Yeah, Rondo's yeah. brother. And Rondo's brother was the first person to get ejected from the Bubbles, you know, fans, right? So, uh, yeah. but that's how bad that that final Rockets game went. You know, I think all of us have played bigger basketball enough where we've gotten heated enough that somebody just stand there watching and chirping a little bit and gone, yeah, dude, give me a break. You know, I mean, whatever it is, right? So, like, because yeah. you're just, you know, you're down. It's not, the game's not going how you want to. Like, Westbrook was not able to play how he wanted to because the Lakers made those adjustments and ended up, ended up winning, you know, I mean, and ended up yeah. winning huge too so one i think the clippers need to be a little bit thankful that they don't have to play the lakers because i think the lakers were were really ready for the series whereas the clippers never really looked ready for either the two first series that they were in and in the games the clippers won like they did good they you know they they did fine you know they beat the nuggets but the nuggets almost looked like yeah yeah we're supposed to lose all right let's just finish this off then all of a sudden, the Nuggets are like, well, hang on a second. Like, we've gone back from 3-1 before, and we weren't necessarily supposed to beat the Jazz in a bunch of these games, so let's see what we can do, you know? Um, I mean, it's almost kind of funny that Mike Conley comes back for the Jazz, and then they lose the series. But um, <laughs> the other thing is is that I was looking at the box score the other night, too. Um, is that the Nuggets, this Nuggets-Clippers game, the Nuggets shot 13 less shots, period, in the game than the Clippers did. And they still scored yep. 104 points. The number still only scored 89. So you win by 15, you shoot 13 less shots. You know, you have a better, you know, three point percentage. Okay, it's great. But, you know, and you have a better free throw percentage, but both teams shot the same amount of free throws. And the other thing that jumps out here is the, the rebounds is insane. I mean, the Nuggets out rebounded the Clippers like no other. Oh, yeah. That's clearly not going to happen in the next series. Zubat is right. not going to be. You know, Anthony Davis and Javel McGee and Dwight Howard are a lot better than Zubac. And we're not going to see that necessarily again. And the last thing I'll say here, too, is that the points in the paint, the Clippers had more points in the paints in the last game and than the Nuggets, which is interesting to me. But then again, Jokic is not necessarily like a true just post up and turn around. Right. Like you said, he's, he's a passing big man. But the Nuggets also had, you know, they had 10 more turnovers. It's still weird to look at, still weird to see, than the Clippers did in that game seven. And they still came in with the win triumphantly, too. It wasn't even that. I mean, yeah. the first half was really close. In the second half, it was almost like the Clippers just go, yeah, we're going to lose. All right, let's just pack it up. It's almost like the Clippers decided to rotate players in, and the players who weren't in the game at that time were just packing their bags up so they get home faster. Like, it just was – it was odd. I mean, yeah. it, it, I mean, it really was. Like, the Clippers – Scored 24 in the first quarter. Nuggets matched him. Second quarter, same thing. You know, Nuggets score 30. Clippers score 32. So the, so the Clippers are up two at halftime. Then right. third quarter, you know, Nuggets outscored Clippers by 10. Then fourth quarter, Nuggets outscored the Clippers by another seven. And that's that's the game. And it, I mean, it's just, it's just an odd box score to look at because at the end of the day, like, you know, I, I think a lot of us watched the game. I think all three of us at least saw some parts of it. And, you know, initially I'm going, okay, man, I can't wait to watch the second half. Like, this will be a really good game seven. <laughs> and then I'm going, right. oh, this is not a – wait, what's going on? Like, what? Why? Wait, the Clippers right, were down like, two at half and now that they're up by eight? Like, wait, what's going on? I'm missing this. It's like looking at the uh, Kansas and OSU box scores until you go look at the free throw count. 
Yeah. 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 <laughs> Some of those college basketball games. Jeremy probably knows with Oregon, UCLA, or SC whenever he gets robbed, yeah. you know, or in the past too. It's just no. like you just see that and you just go, What the heck? The, the That's other, a whole nother podcast. <laughs> right. Right. Uh the one other point I have is that I think this series and I think this Clippers well, I think not this series, but I think the Clippers would be an incredible team and all three of us would be going oh my gosh, like, let's see what the Clippers can do next year if this was 2015. Like, five years ago, this Clippers team is incredible. Patrick Beverly five years ago, Paul George five years ago, and Kawhi Leonard, finals MVP Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs, is incredible. Oh my gosh, cannot believe it. But now that we are, you know, five years later, and the Clippers have basically taken on the Yankees' idea of winning, which is, let's get every single, you know, big max superstar we can, Pay them as much as we can, but know that they're past their prime, but that's the only guys we can get, so we'll do it. And the Yankees, right. of course, can get better guys, but that's kind of the same model the Clippers have here, is we're going to get every guy, even though if they're injured, even though they're past their prime or at the peak of their prime or whatever it is, let's try to make it work for a year or two. But now now we can see it. Like, this year, it just did not work. This year, either the Clippers needed a lot more time to develop, they need to be healthier, they needed to play differently, whatever it was. Paul George saying that this was, hey, you know what? We didn't, this wasn't, this wasn't finals or bust is a whole load of bullcrap to me when Kawhi Leonard basically said, hey, trade me to LA, trade me to the Lakers when he's on the Spurs. Then the Spurs go, hey, we're going to trade you to the Raptors. It's the best haul we can get back for you. We're going to trade you to the Raptors. Um, and Danny Green will go with you. And then all of a sudden, that's exactly what happens. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't sit out the whole entire year, doesn't just take the playoffs off or, you know, whatever. Wins an NBA championship, wins the finals MVP. So clearly Kawhi knows what's going on, knows how to play, knows what to do. Yeah. The rest of the team just either took on the same persona of, yeah, we'll, we'll turn it up whenever Kawhi does, not realizing that Kawhi knows what he's doing, but the rest of the team didn't. And now we, now we can see how that's all worked out. We can see that the Clippers trade for Paul George just wasn't, uh, was not the same Paul George as last year, for sure. No ifs, ands, and buts about that. So I'll ask both of you guys here. Do you think that the Clippers would make that same trade again if they're able to see how the players in the trade performed this season, right? If they have a crystal ball and they can just kind of go, okay, we can see how Paul George can play the 2019, 2020 season. We can see how Shea and Gallo are going to play that same season. Do we want to make this trade again or not? Do you think that the Clippers would go, yeah, we're still pulling the trigger, or do you think they'd go, you know what? We're good. We're going to keep our guys. Um, And that's I mean, that's saying that Kawhi still goes, because I know Kawhi's yeah. whole caveat was he wouldn't go unless Paul George went. So that, that's saying right. Kawhi still goes. So my personal opinion on this matter is I think the Clippers would do the same thing um, if they had the chance. Um, and in my opinion as well, how badly Paul George played that stretch where he wasn't making anything. Kawhi still getting 29, 30 points a game. Like, they're still winning these series. And, I mean, up 3-1, up 3-2, tied 3-3. I'm like, they're the better team. There's, like, I literally didn't think until they was, like, up by, like, 12 with, like, three minutes left. And I was like, they're actually going to lose this game. So, <laughs> I just, like, I don't, like, for me personally, which I love as well is... <laughs> The Clippers did not turn it on versus anybody besides the Lakers. Like they're up in their grill talking, talking crap. Like they they got out for these games, and I mean the Lakers did too. And I mean, as you can see, the Clippers matched up pretty well with the Lakers. But it's like the thing that keeps like coming back to me is 
until that game seven, I never thought the Clippers, I thought it was going to be Clippers Lakers. Like I was kind of just writing it off like, oh, maybe the Nuggets steal a game, steal two games, whatever. But the Clippers are going to win. They're the better team. They're, they're ready to go. They're, they're looking ahead to the Lakers. And what's mind boggling is they had a lead double digits in the last three games they had. Like if you're a team that's going to win a championship and you have three double digit leads and three closeout games against a team that you're clearly superior to, on paper, I guess, but I mean, you got to win one of those games, and then you win one of those games, and I mean, Lou Williams didn't show up really, Paul George, not really, Montrez Harrell kind of here and there. And as a Laker fan, Lakers play the Clippers, Lou Williams shows up every time he kills us <laughs> for 20 points off the bench. Paul George is going to have 30, Kawhi's going to have 30, Montrez is going to have 15 and 10. Like, there's team, there's players. Versus your team, like I'm sure Calvin being a Thunder fan, there's a player that when you play the <clears> Thunder, that player's you know what that player's going to get. Like even being like a star player or being kind of a role player, like there's players that play good against certain teams, and it's like Lou Williams is going to score 20 points versus the Lakers. Like that's a given. Andrew He's going to get 10 free throws. Andrew Wiggins, Andrew Wiggins yeah. is going to score 40 against the Thunder every time. Yeah, every everybody is going to score 40 against the Wizards like every time. <laughs> Yeah, no, and it's crazy because there's like there's always these teams that get up for those certain games as well, and it's for like sure. I think I mean the Clippers like their their complaint was they never had their full team at a certain point of the time where it's like okay every team deals with injuries every team's gonna rest a, a occasional player here and there and obviously it's gonna be a little bit more for Kawhi Leonard with knee soreness always and whatever else um, kind of comes up from there but I mean. We like the excuses at the end. We never had enough time to play with each other. Like we with each other. Like we were eleven and one or eleven and zero when we had our full lineup available. And um, going into the finals, just I like read a lot into like just Twitter posts and a lot of a lot of like post game shows, things like that. It's like Clippers players were asking to come out because they needed like a quick spell. And it's like you're in Game Seven. You there's no time to be tired in Game Seven. Like. LeBron, Anthony Davis, they're down seven points in the fourth quarter of Game Seven. There's no way they're coming out of the game. They're asking to no. come out of the game, or I mean, they'll call timeout. They'll get a freaking drink, and they're back <clears> in the game. It's like I forgot who said it. it was like someone said, some people are built for it. Some people, I think Jamal Murray said that, and it's like it really shows. Like I mean, Kawhi, I think is built for it, but I mean, Kawhi and Paul George had like what two two combined points in the fourth quarter of Game Seven. It's like. LeBron and AD do that. The media is flipping out. Like, they're going crazy. Like, oh, LeBron's not showing up. Like, Skip Bayless is having a... Oh, God, I can't even start with him. Because he's, he's funny, and I just think he has to say what he says just to, uh, like, keep his image with Cowboys and hate LeBron, and now he's back on the Clippers. And, oh, it's... He has to say certain outlandish things as well. So, yeah. So, ahead. I'm going to... I think... If the Laker or if the Clippers, sorry, if the Clippers were to do it again, they wouldn't. Okay. And the only reason I say that is because I look at back at the previous Kawhi teams that we have. Now, okay. the previous Kawhi teams were actually teams. They weren't contingent. Like you had Kawhi, obviously, but they weren't contingent upon like one other guy. And they're like, right. all right, good luck. Like, if he doesn't perform, you're screwed, which is essentially what happened with the Clippers. You know, you yeah. had the Spurs, which are 
the Spurs. Right. And then you had the Raptors, which have Kyle Lowry, even though he hadn't performed in the playoffs. But still a good player. I think we can all acknowledge that even though he had struggled in the playoffs previously, he still played well in the playoffs throughout that year. So they right. still have Kyle Lowry. Um, they still had Siakam, who is Siakam. You know, we oh, know what that. I think you should have stayed in Toronto. At, like, I, if you had yeah. a choice, you should have stayed there. But yeah, go ahead. And I, I completely agree. But if if they don't make that trade, like they have Shea and they mm-hmm. have Beverly, and like they can, Lou Williams, you know, they can throw together whoever they want. Basically, they're just without Paul Drew. George like that's and if I go back and look I'm like well it doesn't really matter (laughs) because he didn't do anything and so I guess that's my thing is like is Kawhi the type of player that is cut out to play with another superstar and based off of what we've seen so far my answer is no and my second point is Doc Rivers is not a good coach I don't know whoever said he was a good coach but he has never really been a coach that is going to like put you over the edge. Now, right. Like Nick nurse, I think that still remains to be seen. Like Nick nurse could still like sit on that doc rivers level for right. his whole career, but we would still call him a good coach. Right. Like it, that's just how it would be. Um, I think Frank Vogel's a good coach. Um, I think Ty Lue's a good coach. But like Doc Rivers has had absolute, he's like the Pep Guardiola of soccer. Like he has yeah. had absolutely loaded teams. Right. And how many championships does he have to show for it? I, I think one or two, right? One. One or two. Yeah. One. One. So he, okay. he only won one with Boston? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, That's he wins that. Yeah, he wins that, uh, I believe that 08 championship. And then as Jeremy knows, Kobe said, mm, screw this, yeah. and went back-to-back with the next two in yeah. 2009 so, and 10. My, my point remains, then. And Doc Rivers, like, I don't think he's a bad coach. Is he one of the better coaches we have in the NBA? Probably. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know how much what that really says. You know, like, he's <laughs> above average. But... Right. I, I don't think... Like, I would like... If he had the Wizards, like, what's his record? Right, exactly, and it's like he he's had loaded teams. He had the Clippers before, the Celtics with three Hall of Famers, Mm -hmm. and then he has Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan blows a three-one lead in that as well, and then he gets Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and not to mention he also has and and if anyone wants to say this, then they can go you know choice words (laughs) Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell. Like, he yeah. doesn't have bad players. No. Two best six men in the league. Yep. And, yeah. ob- and yeah. ob- objectively, before the season come in, right. two top ten players. Yeah. No doubt. And this is what we get from it. Yeah. And I just, I think, like, like you said, he's had loaded teams. He's had the Celtics with freaking Ray Allen, uh, Garnett, <laughs> and Paul Pierce, and even Rondo, like basically the fourth person yeah. on that team, who's yeah. going to be there as well. And I mean, going back to like, like being like situational and like what teams and what styles work for Kawhi. Like, 
why worked with the Spurs because it's the Spurs. I mean, there's not really anything else to add to that organization. I mean, going to the Raptors, he had Kyle Lowry, who is, is, is a good second punch, but I mean, he wasn't really proven in the playoffs before that. He was always losing to LeBron and the Cavs, which everybody in the East was losing to him. But I mean, he wins there. He has a team that's in the East without LeBron, first and foremost. Like, LeBron's in the West now. He can stay with the Raptors. He has Kyle Lowry, Siakam, Nick Nurse as their coach. That team is still the second seed in the Eastern Conference this season. Like, that team is great. And you keep Kawhi on that team, it's Raptors versus whoever wins the West. Like, it's it's pretty easy to to foresee that coming out. But, I mean, seeing how the, the mesh between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and Harrell and Williams and Beverly, and I don't like Beverly at all, by the way, so I don't like talking about him too much. But um, just seeing how like teams like stack up, like that team didn't really mesh very well together. They were always hurt. They never played together. They have whatever own egos they have. And they got Marcus Morris and Beverly kind of being the, the enforcers on the team, like kind of trying to start some some stuff during games. And I mean, you look at like the successful teams, like, I'm just thinking of one team, like the Magic back in, I think it was 08 or 09 or whatever, that played the Lakers that robbed us of Kobe and LeBron. Like, the Magic had Dwight Howard, and everybody else could shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's the only reason they made it there. Because Dwight Howard was dominant, getting 20 and 14 a game, and he gets double-teamed. Rashard Lewis, Jameer Nelson, I forgot who else was on that team, but... Um, Michael Petras. Michael Petras, yeah, they're all Gio making Turkaloo. threes. Like, he could guard Kobe, like... Yeah, Hedo, Turkaloo, Hedo, like, they can make that a series too. So it's like if Kawhi, he had like like Colin Coward said, he had three options. He had stay with the Raptors, which was his, I think, by far easiest and best choice for him because he has no pressure coming off of an NBA title. He's in Toronto, which is a country. He's in his own country. He doesn't have the <laughs> LA media to deal with, and there's no pressure. Like he got traded team toronto wanted to give him everything free food free keys to the city whatever it was or he comes to la recruits paul george and goes to the clippers and the clippers me being a laker fan haven't done anything ever and they can't for my my all intents and purposes can't really talk or say anything really until they do anything besides get it out in the second round so he had that as his second option which he chose well, the third option is Anthony Davis is already at the Lakers. LeBron's already in the Lakers. Lakers waiting on his decision. They could have a big three. Like it's hard for me to imagine that big three now, but like Kawhi, Anthony Davis, and LeBron, like that's that's a team. That's <laughs> that's challenging the Warriors for like seventy three and nine, honestly. And I mean he chose the Clippers. So, I mean, it's good on him. He wanted to kind of do his own path and kind of go for it, but he's a quiet, he's a quiet superstar. He, he's not an LA. He's not an LA guy. He's a San Antonio and Toronto guy where yeah. teams are always going to be good. He has <laughs> no pressure of being in LA. He's the, on the team that rents the Lakers building and covers up the Lakers 16 championships with selfies of their team. Like, he he got it. All, he bought it on all himself, and I mean, credit to him. I mean, he wanted to go against and, and win versus LeBron and, and beat the Eastern Conference team, whoever's going to be in the finals. But I mean, 
I, I just don't see like now that I'm thinking about it, I I still don't believe that they're out. I I literally pen in Lakers Clippers in the final skip this in the <laughs> Western Conference final skip this season. So, like I, I mean, said, it was it was Game Seven. Yeah. I was shocked until it was like three minutes left in the game. They're down 15. I'm like, they're actually going to lose for the first time in the entire season. They're not going to be in the Western Conference Finals. That was my opinion. <laughs> Kawhi Kawhi just needs to go ahead and write in his uh his trade request to the Bucks. Um, huh. I had I had a question because it made me think. So we know that LeBron has often gotten the whole like his team's not good enough thing, right? Until he went to Miami, and even then, after he went back to Cleveland, they still said his team wasn't good enough, and everyone was like, "No, it, it's it's good enough." For right. sure. I don't like that either Giannis is doing them this to himself or the media is doing it to him, where they're painting his team not good enough. Right. Because I would pay $1,000 right now to have Bradley Beal surrounded by Giannis's cast. Oh. Like, yeah. it's... And it, I don't... I would assume that they're trying to turn him into that new like LeBron face of the league stuff. But I was curious on your guys' opinion, like why why are they doing that? Why why is he doing that? Why is he allowing those unless it's true. If it's true, if you really don't think your team is good enough, then you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, right. that's just it. Like there's no you have no reason to not be playing the Celtics right now. None. Go ahead. And, <laughs> yeah, I and, mean, and the the excuses it's overblown. It's ridiculous. Like LeBron got the same excuse, and now we're giving it to Giannis, and it's it's more valid for Giannis, or more. It was more valid for LeBron at the time, but it's right. not valid for Giannis right now at all. No, well, there's a big difference between LeBron having Daniel Booby Gibson and Galskis and Anderson Verjao and. Uh, Giannis having the both the Lopez brothers, but heck, the one that they you know we all saw was really good with the Nets at some point. Um, Chris First Milton, team all defense, right? Chris Milton, yeah. an All Star, and a slew of other guys who can play well. This is not the same. I would like to say, oh yeah, it's the same. You know what? It's the same. You know, I'd, I'd like to go, oh yeah, because I like Giannis a lot. And I want to kind of go, you know what? I want to kind of be able to defend him as much as I can. But now I'm not. I'm really and, and, running out of excuses because he has proven, and Mike Budenholzer has proven as well, to be the best regular season team by far the past two years. But you know what? At the end of the day, yep. you are not judged just on the regular season. We all know that. You are judged on your whole career as a whole. And if at the end of the day, we start talking about Giannis the same way we do James Harden, where when it comes down to the playoffs and the games slow down, they are just not as good. They just don't have it in the end. And listen, well, I'll say one thing. For a while, I was going, man, will Ben Simmons be better than Giannis when he comes to the league? Clearly, all three of us here today and anyone else listening to this knows that's not a competition anymore. Giannis is better. Giannis at least tries to shoot threes, but he's just a better player overall. I don't I don't necessarily know what you need with Giannis. I don't know what like the one other missing piece would be necessarily, but I don't think that adding, for example, Duncan Robinson instead of Eric Bledsoe or adding in, you know adding in Malcolm Brogdon instead of Eric Bledsoe or whatever it could have been, right? Like, right. Duncan Robinson's just the three-point shooter who, you know, you could stick in the corner and be good, 
and Giannis can always have that outlet pass. But if you switch Jokic and Giannis right now on this Nuggets team, I think that, I mean, I think they're good, but I I don't, I don't think that we're going, oh my gosh, man, can you believe the Nuggets are going to win it all this year? I, you know, I still think it's like, ah, you know what, I, all right, well, until the Nuggets with Giannis play LeBron, I, you know, that what if always is going to be there. And I like Giannis a lot. I, I really do want to defend him, but we're going to reach a point where this goes, is Giannis KD or is Giannis and from the Thunder terms, Russell Westbrook or, you know, Bradley Beal or whoever you want to say, a guy that does, you know, a Kobe guy that doesn't leave the team no matter what, you know, and right. the key differences here is that Washington DC and Oklahoma City are not known as free agent destinations. Neither is Milwaukee. Whereas, you know, LA, Miami, New York City, for some aspects here and there, but not really recently at all, <laughs> not. is, you know, are the free agent destinations of years real go. And I, I think about it this way. If, um, if for some reason Giannis had been traded to the Clippers this past season, you know, I'd go, hey, I don't think they'll be as good as the Paul George being traded there. And the reason being is because I believe Paul George helps spread the floor a little bit more and Kawhi does drive in the ball and hit mid-range jumpers, whatever. And, okay, Giannis is such an interesting player that where do you put a guy who is elite, like elite of elite when he's within 10 feet of the basket? But beyond that, he is still, still amazing, still upper echelon, still, you know, all-star caliber, still incredibly good level player, but when he gets to the playoffs and all of a sudden he can't get 10 feet close to the basket, you know, and, and you're able to put Kyle Lowry to take a charge, you're able to do whatever, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden it looks pretty, you know, uh, pretty bad, you know? I mean, like the like the Raptors almost beat the Celtics purely off of the Raptors just going, we're, we're not really going to play a center. We're just going to have somebody down low who's willing to take a charge. So if you want to just barrel a guy through the lane, take him down low, then we're going to take a charge, offensive foul, and we'll move it to the other end. Like, and Nick Nurse is that good of a coach, but I just I just don't know where you put Giannis. I, I don't. And I, I mean, if you my, trade him to Oklahoma City, like today, like if he is traded to Oklahoma City today, let's say Gallinari and Chris Paul are sent back, right? So you got SGA, um, Giannis. And whoever else is on the Thunder going forward and a bunch of draft picks, I I feel incredibly good. I mean, I mean, insane. I feel incredibly good because Giannis still isn't twenty seven. You know, he's still younger than I am. He's he can still go off and be amazing and be incredible. And he stills maybe we haven't seen all of Giannis yet. You know, maybe this is not his peak. Even though he's going to probably win the MVP this year and be back to back. Right. But I still don't feel great about that as a Thunder fan going like, oh yeah, we've got Giannis for the future just because it's such an we haven't seen him make it work completely. We haven't seen yes. Eastern Conference Finals with Giannis taking it to seven games yet. Where it's like, ah, oh, dude, he was just right there at the end. Like, we haven't seen that, you know. Oh, man, he was so close to making it to the Finals. Whereas, like, LeBron in 06 or whatever that year was took a bunch of dudes. Just a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of guys who were not in the league yep. a couple years later. Um, what, Mike Williams, right? Or whoever it was. Um, yeah, yeah. To the finals, and, you know, they lost the Spurs so, in five, but still. But my question for Jeremy is: We know, but Mike Budenholzer is one of the best regular season coaches in the right. NBA. He's taken two teams to the number one seed, mm-hmm. and two completely different teams, for that matter. Um, right. Are we 
are we overestimating Giannis? Um, I wouldn't say overestimating him because I mean he's deserved everything that he's got. He's deservedly probably back to back MVPs unless I don't know what happens this year, but he's going to win MVP <laughs> this year. But I mean. Like you said, like Budenholzer took two teams, the Hawks, with just a bunch of just random players, and to the number one seed in the East. And the Bucks, the last two seasons, like winning sixty some odd games, and it's like they didn't play a lot of close games at all in the regular season. Like they're blowing people out. Giannis isn't playing the third quarter. Um, one thing I did notice, kind of just thinking about it now, is Giannis doesn't really play for like long spurts, like. He comes out every four to seven minutes, like each game, and it's like, for me, that's kind of tough to like, tough to like, kind of get any like like momentum and like get any like run and with your team, like, and of course, like Milwaukee's, I think they have a obviously like if we're all sitting here today and going back to the beginning of the season and even the regular season before the shutdown, we're all thinking it's going to be Milwaukee in the finals versus the Lakers or the Clippers, like. That's basically what I think everybody, maybe Toronto, like, that's what we're thinking it's going to be, um, basically what it's going to be like going, going forward. And I mean, Milwaukee kind of shies away when it gets to the playoffs because they're a running gun team. They're trying to get on fast break. They're the number one defensive team as well. And I mean, once it gets down to close games in the playoffs, like they just don't have it. I mean, I don't really see what else you can give Giannis on that team. They have another all-star in Middleton, which to be honest, last season, he shrunk in the playoffs this season. Like he shrunk at the beginning, but I mean, I think he was pretty decent in the, the he saved him. He yeah. saved him one game. Yeah, no, he, he saved him the second game and whatever. And it's like, personally, I hope Giannis stays and doesn't ask to be traded. Like, not a fear, but I, I could see him like getting traded to like the Warriors or something. That'd just be ridiculous. But like, um, I hope he stays because, I mean, they could get another piece. They have shooting. They, they're honestly pretty similar to the Magic, like I mentioned. And like, basically, him being like, a, obviously a different form of like Dwight Howard being an MVP. But they got shooters around. They play defense. Really, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't. It's- they literally have an elevated version of that Magic team. <laughs> I know. I, I just don't get yeah. it. And it's like, coming into hearing all this, it's like, you could have a great team on paper, you get a great team in the regular season, but it's like, chemistry, I guess, is huge in the playoffs. Like, you gotta like who you're playing with, you gotta know, like, be like familiar with who you're playing with, and it's like, Giannis got hurt a little bit. I don't think Milton got hurt this year, but I mean, with the Clippers, going back to that, it's like, they got hurt all year, they had no continuity, they had no, like, they had no chemistry with each other. So it's like that really showed and you're not traveling in the bubble. You have every other day you're, I mean, obviously the extra, extra circumstantial like kind of situation being in the bubble. But I mean, for Giannis, like I just, I don't, I'm shocked that he can't get to the finals. Like they're the best team in the East the last two years. And he has an all-star running mate. He has a solid, solid team, a great coach. They barely lost any games, and then Miami just pretty much just destroys them. Well, and I think the funny thing is, is like <laughs> Miami did what the Bucks do better than what the Bucks do because they play team basketball too. It's not like 
they have some sort of like elevated thing at and really any position. Like Jimmy Butler is probably better than Chris Middleton, but like what is your right. cost between Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton? Like you gain shooting for lack of defense on one end and you know right. like Giannis is better than Bam. But at that point, like you're just splitting hairs between the teams. Yep. And it's like I look at the Heat and I'm like, how'd you guys not beat them? Like I know they're a good team, but like you guys are a better team. <laughs> That's it. No, You're just exactly. a better team. You should be better at everything else. Mm-hmm. Before the season started, if you had told me, "Hey, it's going to be a fifth seed Heat versus a you know one seed Lakers in the finals," I would pretty much be asking you guys, "Ah, okay. wait. So wait, what happened to Milwaukee?" Um, Celtics and the Raptors, you know, like what happened to all those teams, the Pacers, you know, okay. But that, that would, those would have been the, the other three. And it's, it's at this point going to be interesting. Like, I, I don't think the Celtics are going to win this. I didn't think the Celtics are going to beat the Raptors either, though. I saw them happening more than this series of Celtics winning just because I think that the Heat are resilient or able to do whatever it is. So let me, let me ask yeah. you guys this before we get to like the all NBA voting here and how the all NBA came out. So, Jeremy, are you are you picking um, Heat to beat the Celtics here? I know they're already up one game, but I just kind of want to ask. So my opinion, like watching that first game and how back and forth and how like so similar both of these teams are, I'm thinking this is going seven games. Like I don't, I don't think it. I don't see any way it can go six or less. I think it goes six. I think it's going to go seven. But I mean, it's hard to tell. Like I think they, I, I think that. Miami's just playing better. They've only they've only lost, I think, one game, and the only game they've lost was in overtime. And I mean, I I just think that their chemistry and how they're playing. I mean, the Celtics are good. Like that Bam block at the end. Like I didn't think that was ever going to happen. Like I was like, oh, Tatum's going to dunk it. We're going another overtime. Like nope, walked game over. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. And like for me personally, it's like. I don't know who I'd rather face if I had to pick like one of those two teams. Obviously, Boston for the rivalry, but I mean, I th- I, I personally think that Miami's going to win. I think it's going to be in six or seven. All right, then Jake, let me ask you this: Then, if the Nuggets beat the Lakers, you know, big if, right? Big if, but we didn't see him beating the La- the Clippers either. Which right. which is a bigger upset in your mind: the Nuggets beating the Lakers or the Nuggets beating the Clippers? Let's say if you just take both, just, you know, separate them, right? Like, what's just a bigger I, upset in your mind? I, I think before you go there, I think it it depends on what the series looks like. Like, if the Lakers go up 3-0 or 3-1 and lose the series, like, or if it's just like a back-and-forth, back-and-forth series, like a Nuggets playing well, like, I think it's circumstantial. But, yeah, go ahead. So... I, th- I think it's it's the Lakers, and it's only... Whether it's right. even necessarily, do I know if they have the better team? No, because the right. Clippers won in the regular season. Um, I think they have the better team for that record, but my opinion, you know, doesn't matter right. that much. Um, so I like, <laughs> I think, but I, I think beating the Lakers would be just a bigger storyline. And I think, so at this point, I think the Lakers are going to win the championship in probably about six games. I also think the Heat are going to win as well. Um, but 
this let me let me say this yeah. and see if it makes sense. So yeah. the Lakers playing the Nuggets are better off because I think the Heat are gonna win, just like you do. And so they're better off playing the Nuggets instead of the Clippers because they won't really have to adjust their game plan that much. Right. They're playing very similar style teams of like we're going to pick and roll with our big man that can pass and like he's just better than you and right. that's it. Um except against the Heat you actually have LeBron to match up against Jimmy Butler. Yeah. So it's like you have Rondo on Dragic like yeah. your player your players just kind of annihilate them on the defensive end and it's yeah. not like you got Kuzma and Duncan Robinson not playing defense on each other. Um, right. So I, I think if everything goes correctly, like I have Lakers in five or six, and it's like call it a day because the Nuggets basically <laughs> set them on a clear path to beat the Heat and yeah, organize their game plan for them. Yeah, I think as of now, like, from what happened, like the Clippers losing and like the way that it's set up, like Lakers coming off what, a week of rest versus the Nuggets who are so young with Murray and Jokic. Like it's a, like, even as a Lakers fan, I'm pretty sure this is like kind of the widely regarded like opinion. Now it's, it's the Lakers championship to lose. Like it's set up for them to not play the t- team that was widely regarded as the biggest threat to them and the Clippers. And now it's the Nuggets coming off back to back seven game series where the Lakers are rested where that's going to heavily, heavily benefit the Lakers having all these older players on their team or a veteran team. And um, then again, it's not going to shock me if the Nuggets come out and win game one, just like the last two series versus the Lakers as well. But uh, I really think it's, it's, it's set up for them. And I mean, if, if they do well and make adjustments like in the middle of game one and kind of take the, the series by storm, like I think it's, I, I just don't see, how about this? It I don't see the the Lakers having any sort of like collapse similar to the Clippers. I don't think our team, like LeBron and AD led team, is going to let that same thing happen to what the I Clippers agree. just did. Like, yeah, I, I agree. See it. I think, but then I, again, I think it'd be a bigger yeah. upset just because we've we saw the Clippers played in the, in the previous series against the Mavericks, and right. you saw that how the Lakers played in round one against Portland and round two against Houston. And in both times, like I think the Lakers lost Game One in both those series, but yep. it did it didn't matter, you know. So right. I mean, I think the Lakers came back and swept the Trailblazers too. Yeah. So they they ended up, you know, just winning the four straight is a better way to say it. Um, and that's why I think it'd be a bigger upset if they beat the Lakers because it'd be more. Oh, that's LeBron versus yeah, dude. Kawhi and Paul George didn't have it this year or whatever. Um. All right. Let me ask you guys as we end out the podcast here a little bit about the All NBA teams. So, of course, we have LeBron, AD, right, make the All-NBA teams. We have Luka on the first team, along with Giannis and Harden to round it out. But there is, uh, out of all the All-NBA teams, there's definitely one guy that Jake thinks is missing. I think he's missing as well, too, but maybe not as confidently enough, and that's Bradley Beal. So, Bradley Beal didn't make the All-NBA second or third team. I mean, he was not going to make the All-NBA first team this year instead of, like, James Harden or Luka, but... Jake, why do you think he was left off? Uh, because he plays for the Wizards. Um, I think if Trey Young had the same record as the Wizards, I think Trey Young's on an All NBA team. 
Trey Young probably makes it over Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons, which is what Bradley Beal should have done anyways. Um, but like you, you go look at the the Rockets and the Sixers, and you, you're like, if you put Bradley Beal on either one of those teams, yep, like the Rockets. I mean, I know they. <laughs> like they annihilate the thunder. I'm sorry, they do. Like they they kill the thunder. Russell Westbrook didn't even look like he barely played. Like he didn't look like he was even on the court. You just forgot about him. Like he played so bad. He just turned the ball over a ton. It was it was useless. And Ben Simmons, like Bradley Beal is better than Ben Simmons. Period. Like there is no discrepancy. If you put and people want to bring up the defense. Um Right. So Calvin and I, Jeremy, Calvin and I had this conversation earlier, how Bradley Beal gets like double standarded a lot. Whereas like, so he doesn't make the all-star game because his defense isn't good enough and his team's not good enough. But Trey Young does, right? Mm Because that makes sense. Um, (laughs) And then he doesn't make all NBA because his team's not good enough and his defense isn't good enough. But yet Kyle Lowry got less votes than he did. Right who plays better defense than Bradley Beal and is on a better team than Bradley Beal. Right. And Ben Simmons, we looked it up, Calvin. What was it? He, it was like 16, eight and eight, I think is what Simmons averaged. And Beal is now the first player ever to average over 30 points to not make an all-star game or an all NBA team. Um, He he was already like six assists too, right? Yeah. He averaged six assists and like 4.2 rebounds. Um, so, but I think he was already the first player ever to not make an all-star game after averaging 30 points. Right. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, and I always said I wasn't opposed to Trey young making the all-star game, but I was opposed to the fact of you can't have one without the other. You can't apply the, the standards to Bradley Beal, but not apply them to Trey young because they're the exact same standards that you're using. You're using team and defense. And that's fine. But I told Calvin, we don't use defense when it comes to James Harden. We don't talk about defense. We don't talk about defense when it comes to Luka. Um, I even said, like, we don't talk about defense when it comes to LeBron. And LeBron's not, like, a bad defender, but there are times when he just doesn't even try. Right. And 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 I also said this. Bradley Beal doesn't have a good defender on his team. Like, at all. <laughs> Dude, I was even going to say, like, Bradley Beal doesn't have pretty much anybody on his team. Because he doesn't have John Wall. Wasn't it, like, the, the Bertons guy that got hurt? Or was he on that team? Yep. Anyways, but, like, you haven't had John Wall in, what, three years? And it's like, there's nobody else on the Wizards that's going to, like... I know because uh, you guys have, like, Thomas Bryant now, who's, like, starting for you, because we was on the Lakers beforehand, but it's like, yeah, he's I, I really thought like about it like billion a year. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I know, right? And he's like, yeah, it's crazy because like Trey Young's team was terrible, but he averaged twenty nine in a game. Bradley Beal averaged thirty a game. Like, and it's hard for me. It's like to say it's like the top three like all NBA teams. It's like the first team is pretty hard to kind of stray away from. Like I think for sure those five are kind of locked into where they are. Second team, I mean, actually, if I had a look, like, I mean, Luca had a great season. If Lillard had that season where 
he did what he did in the bubble the whole season. Like I could see like him maybe sneaking into the first team instead of Luca. But I mean, Luca, what second or third year in the NBA, one of the best players in the NBA. Like it's hard to go by. So that set second team was what Lillard, Paul, Kawhi, Siakam, and Jokic. So I so before we go, I made the argument for the second team. Um, even though like him not making it over Lillard or Paul, like that doesn't upset me, you know, like I'm not irritated about that. Could he have made it over Lillard? Absolutely. Right. Um, could he have made it over Paul? Absolutely. Do I think he necessarily deserved to? No, but I also told Calvin this earlier with the Paul stuff, like it comes back to those like super dumb ESPN ratings where They had like a 0.2% chance, allegedly, to go to the playoffs. I saw that, yeah. I, before the season started, I didn't think they had that bad of a team. Right. I like. I didn't think that their playoff percentage should have been lower than the Wizards. <laughs> you know, or yeah. like there were a lot of teams that they were lower than, and I'm like, uh, they have Chris Paul. I don't know yeah. if you guys knew this, but he tends to do pretty well in getting his team to the playoffs. Um, right. But, like, I, I went and looked at the votes, and, um, like, Brad, or, so Bradley Beal was the third player in terms of players that didn't make it for votes. Right. Chris Middleton had 82 votes. Right. And if, if any, the Bucks I, would be better if they had Bradley Beal than Chris Middleton. That's yeah, it. Like, I know we're end of story. Anymore. And then Embiid. So Embiid got 79 votes. Uh, Middleton got 82. Embiid got 79. Beal got 32. I'm right. okay with Beal getting, or with um, Embiid getting 79 votes. Um, he makes all NBA if he's not hurt. Right. Like, and the fact that, like, somehow Gobert made it over him is wild. Right. <laughs> um, already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, just, yeah, like, it, it, it really, doesn't make sense of how right. uh, and in, in in defense of Embiid, like he's in the toughest position to make it because only three guys get to make it. Right, exactly. And it's, yeah, like sorry to cut you off here like real quick as well. It's like one thing like I noticed like looking at all three NBA first teams is everybody on all 15 players are in the playoffs, which I, I guess if that's what you're going to go to, but it's like looking at the third team I put Beal on the roster over all five of them, even though it's without a position to like go over. It's like I'd have him over Simmons and Westbrook. I don't know for sure how Westbrook is. I mean, I guess he had like great stats like this season, but it's like I thought Beal, obviously not watching him as much, but I mean, he had like what like that stretch of that 50 point game. There's I don't know how much it was, but I remember seeing that. But well, And the the fact of the matter is, I just realized this. Um, I've been saying all year that this year, not every year, this year, Bradley Beal is the second best shooting guard in the NBA. And -hmm. if you go and look, how many shooting guards actually made it? Exactly. No, just one, two, Harden. Yeah. So I go and look, and like all four of the guys below did did Mitchell make an All Star game? Uh. I don't know if Mitchell did. So Lowry is below Bradley Beal in votes. 
Trey Young, below Bradley Beal in votes. Donovan Mitchell, below Bradley Beal in votes. Kemba Walker, below Bradley Beal in votes. Devin Booker. All those guys are below Bradley Beal in votes. And I'm pretty sure they all made the All-Star game. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, like, that... The inconsistencies, like, I know we have, like, 11-year-olds voting for Trey Young, but right, that shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> like, there should no. be some override process of, like, yeah, this is wrong. <laughs> and it's it's crazy, too. It's like, I kind of, like you said, like, it, it kind of relates to Trey Young being in the, not a major market, not a very good team, puts up the stats, like, like either one of those two teams are on a, a different team with a different cast it's a different story. Like, you know, that like he looked like Bill's probably second or third team, like unanimously one of those two teams. But like, it's just, it's, it's crazy to see how, like you said, one, he's the second best shooting guard rega- regarded in the NBA, I guess, obviously with Clay Thompson, like being hurt, but like Harden's like, he's two or three. If everyone's healthy. But I, I said, Tom- on the teams, right. Every guard, besides Harden as a point guard. So it's like, it's hard to like, think about it. It's like, at first team is like a point guard, a shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. <laughs> and all these teams are like two point guards, which is fine. I mean, I guess it'll work out, but it's like, if they have like a more like succinct system where it's like point guard, shooting guard, like who do you think that third shooting guard would be if, Harden and Beal were there this year. Like, if they had to pick a shooting guard, like I'm saying. Beal's on the second team, right? Right, but who's the third? I, I'm like I'm trying to think of like who the best oh, like, yeah. third shooting guard would be. See, I Should think of Luka as a shooting guard because the Mavs always play with a point guard with them. That's why I think yeah. of that, even though I think all three of us go, well, Luka plays more as a, you know, <laughs> as a point kind of guard. You know, but he, yeah. I don't know. He almost... And- Luke almost plays like Harden slash Kobe or whatever, you know, hard, so, yeah. sometimes Harden and sometimes Kobe, you know, and just kind of depends. And the way the world's going too, it's like NBA is positionless. It's the five best players on the court. Probably one of them is going to be big and the rest are going to be small forwards or point guard shooting guards. Like it's the way it is like nowadays, like back in the two thousands, it's every team had like, point guard a shooting guard small forward power forward and a center like everybody had all four of those people which is crazy and like well and we haven't seen a 610 point guard in ben simmons uh, um ever i mean magic johnson no was tall but like that was but he was he was tall but he was a point guard i mean ben simmons is when's the last time we've ever seen a point guard be 610 and not shoot basically more than three threes in a season yep well, and I always like you. You brought up the Hawks. I mean, I I live in East Atlanta. Like, I go to Hawks games. Those are the games I go to because we don't have anybody else. Um, but like, I look at the Hawks roster and I'm like, I wish Bradley Beal had that. Yeah. Like, there. In my opinion, I watched both of them play at the exact same time. I watched them play against each other. Um, I think that was actually the Kobe game. I want to say which one. Yeah, it was when when Trey Young scored uh, like forty or fifty points or whatever it was when they played the Wizards. Um, that was the day. That was the first game after gotcha, uh, yeah. Kobe had passed away. I think it might have been the night of actually or whatever. Um, terrible game to go to. Um, <laughs> anyways, so 
like I just remember watching it and I'm like, their team is just so much better. Like I right. would challenge any, even like an NBA fan that like, yeah, is, is like I watch the NBA like a lot, like a good amount. I'd be like, okay, name the Wizards starting five. I dare <laughs> you. Yeah, like I'm looking it up right now, like just to like kind of see and like honestly, John Wall's injury, like the guys the Lakers got from him were like Mo Mo Wagner and uh, Bonga and Thomas it's, Bryant. It's like if I had to like was, not look at the roster right now, I would think it's Bradley Beal. You guys have like Ish Smith or something. Like yeah, I, would, I would think Smith, like that's yeah. your point guard or something. And then Bertans, I guess Thomas Bryant. I wouldn't know the fourth guy though. Fourth so guy. so. Bertons didn't even start. Like, really? He came off the bench. Yeah, because it was so it was Ishmith, Beal, Bonga, um, Rui, and then like oh, either yeah, Tom okay. Bryant okay. or Wagner. But my, my point still stands. Like, <laughs> I know what I, you're going. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the Hawks. I hate the Hawks. Um, I hate them. They're in our division. You know. You know how that goes. Like, you hate teams in your division. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like if John Wall, or if, I mean, I guess if John Wall too, if Bradley Beal had John Collins, like, yeah, if he had like, John Collins or now Capella, what I'm looking at, but yeah, yeah, they have Capella now too. I forgot about that. And we talked about Calvin. We talked about John Collins extensively on a podcast um, recently about him getting traded to the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And I said, I said, you know, if they had like Porzingis, Collins, and Luca. Like, like they're if if they could have gotten a four, if they could get any four, that's you know not like Anthony Davis or whatever. And I was like, who is the next best four they could get? Kevin Love, maybe, but then you're like not playing defense at all. Um, and I said John Collins, like Siakam too. But you know, you you understand what I'm saying? Like guys that are actually would actually be attainable. I was like, John Collins would be your guy. And again, like. It, I know this is such a long tangent about Beal not making the All NBA, <laughs> um, but like it just goes to show, like he's doing the best he can, and the fact that that team was even still in the playoff hunt when the season got canceled is astounding. And right. people that want to say, "Oh, the Wizards shouldn't have been there," well, they were there so they could get your boy's eye on there, and, and look what happened. So exactly. you get the to I mean- kill your. Race. <laughs> Beal, Beal to me, without watching a Wizards game, just screams amazing stats, bad team kind of guy. You know, like he just, you know, that's that's the defense for anyone saying why well, I didn't vote him for All NBA. You know, okay, hey, dude, he puts up incredible stats, but like, I mean, look at that team. Somebody's got to put up stats. You know, that's yeah, that's I the think same the thing. Trey Young and right. and Trey Young gets the same treatment. But Trey Young gets the All Star stuff because he, I think, lives in theoretically a bigger market. I don't know how much bigger Atlanta is versus Washington, Washington okay. D.C. It's, it's smaller, but they live in a more cult, culturally driving market. I guess I would say something like so. that. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, they do. It, Atlanta drives more culture than D.C., but you, you know what I'm saying. I mean, I get more updates upon Atlanta changing their jerseys than I do any other team. And, you know, Atlanta <laughs> yeah. changing whatever it is. Atlanta, you know, Hawks having Tinder Night or whatever it is as well, too. Like, I get more updates about that type of stuff from the NBA than I do, you know, about others. So, I like the Hawks a lot, but I think that we're we're pushed a lot of Hawks content. 
And I think we are also pushed a lot of Hawks marketing, et cetera, whatever it is. You know, I, I know the, I know that I know Washington because of, um, three players as of recently, Beal, Wall, and then Agent Zero, Gilbert Arenas, who I don't think we necessarily want to talk about too much, right? Like, and <laughs> for better or for worse, I'm not pumped a ton of Bradley Beal highlights, but you know what? I am pumped a bunch of like, uh, here's Trey Young going off Sports Center top 10. Here's Trey Young, you know, NBA's top 10. Here's whatever it is. Are they dumb shots? And does it not reveal uh, the full story of Trey Young shooting 40 shots that game? Yeah, of course. <laughs> we're not, you know, we don't get that part of it. But we're 15 free throws. Right. But we right. are, but we are given the crazy shot that's Steph Curry esque, you know, that's Steph Curry light or whatever it is. And for better or for worse, I mean, you guys have probably both heard my rain on this several times now. Trey went to OU and could not beat Oklahoma State twice. You know, could not. Did not get to the NCAA March Madness when he was at OU. And what that really seemed to me as though is that that was a clear definition of how he's going to be in the NBA. Of when it gets tough and when it really the ball slows down and when all type of stuff. The Hawks are going to win with Trey Young if basically the same thing that happened with the Warriors for them to win championships happens with the Hawks, where you land that key number two guy who can play defense, you know, Clay Thompson-esque. You land the other guy who is Andre Godala, who is an elite defender who can match up against that, you know, that superior wing that they, you know, will have to match up against at some point. But also, all the other chips have to fall into the right place, too. You know, you, you yeah. just have to have everything work out so perfectly and Bob Myers an incredible GM for the Warriors I don't know if the Hawks have that same incredible GM or not we'll be interested to see but that's kind of my thing is I don't think the Hawks are necessarily there yet but we're seeing a lot more Hawks content than I have ever seen Wizards content for sure I'm not pumped as much as Wizards well, well, stuff I don't know how many times national TV Bradley Beal was shown versus Trey Young or you know Hawks Wizards but I would I'm willing to bet it was a lot more Hawks Sided than it was wizard sided in that too, and that also has so, to kind of go around with the All NBA voting of all right. Well, if Bradley Beal is just shown on TV more times than Ben Simmons is, then we're probably having a different conversation, you know. So my my thing is like you bring up a good point there with with the whole like what is the media pushing and stuff like that. And I always so Bradley Beal he had the two straight games of fifty plus points, which he was. The first to do it since Kobe, I believe. Was that correct? Right. Um, and I remember the thing about it being is like Lillard ended up doing something similar later in the season where he scored a lot of points in consecutive games, which got way more coverage. And, and I've always... Go, go, ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, just real quick. I was going to say it. Just, it's always just dependent on the media. The media falls in love with certain players, certain stories. The biggest thing, it's like, Lillard's going hot in the bubble and the players have a, a chance to make the playoffs and potentially have any sort of threats with the Lakers. Like Trey Young reminds them of Steph Curry. He's going to take outlandish shots, not playing defense, do whatever. And like Bradley Beal, like doesn't really have that, like, like, I wouldn't say reason for like sports center, like the media to talk about him because he's a great player, but it's like, he doesn't have that same like exposure or like comparison that like is like worth I would say like the extra like hype about it. So I always look at, I always compare him to Lillard. That's always, I mean, I love Damian Lillard. Like, you know, I, I know Calvin, sorry, but like, 
I loved watching the shot over um, the Thunder. Like I, I love Damian Lillard. I don't necessarily like Taylor, Portland, like, but I like him a lot. Um, and so it's like one of those things where I try and compare Bradley Beal. Like I want to find a comparison for Bradley Beal, and so I try and find the comparison, which was Lillard for me, because they do a lot of the same things. They score a lot of points, and it's very like efficient points. They're not just like tossing up shots all the time, you know, they don't play a lot of defense, but you, I always come back to the one thing is Lillard's team is significantly better yep. at literally every single aspect than the wizards. It is a better run team. It is a better coach team. They have a better roster. They draft better. Right. And they go to the playoffs. Right. And it's like, I can't, there's, there's a point where it's like, I can't sit here and say and blame Bradley Beal and John Wall for everything. Right. And and, and in the last two years, I can't like I know Lillard lost Nurkic. You know, like people were saying that's a big deal, and it was a big deal. But then right. you have like a top ten draft pick come in and take him over. And, but he also like, has McCollum too. Yeah. And he also has McCollum, who's usually healthy, and and right. they have Gary Trent. And people want to talk. Gary Trent played incredible in the playoffs. I don't want to. I don't care what anybody says. And, and I know you saw you saw it firsthand because he was playing the Lakers. And it's like they have these guys that that play really well. And like Terry Stotts is a great coach. Mm-hmm. And like I think Scott Brooks is a terrible coach. Um, <laughs> but I'm like congratulations, you had three future MVPs. I don't consider what you did a good job. <laughs> right. Um, but, and it's like, and now we just all of a sudden don't play defense. Whereas with Randy Whitman, we did play defense. And now we just don't. Like, nobody on our team can play defense. Um, but yeah, that Lillard test is kind of my, and Lillard gets way more publicity right? than Bradley Beal does. And they do almost the exact same thing. I agree. Like thinking about it more and more, obviously you've watched uh, Bradley Beal a lot more than Lillard, of course, like seeing Lillard in like the mainstream. But I mean, to be honest, I haven't, I don't think I've watched a Wizards game unless it was versus the, the Lakers this season or maybe, maybe one or maybe one or two others like um, in the bubble. But it's like, yeah, if, if he had a similar team or the same exposure, I can like, I can see the comparisons because. They're similar size. Obviously, Bradley Beal's a shooting guard and Lillard's a point guard, but it's like they're both pretty much shooting guards because Lillard's known for scoring yeah. not anything. But, I mean, it's just crazy because the media always favors something unique and, like, different. Like, Lillard stepping out and that shot over George, like, hitting freaking logo Lillard shots and, like, stuff like that. And, oh, believe me, in Portland, I hear about it. Like, my roommate, my friend... <laughs> I hear about Portland way more than I ever want to ever hear about Portland. I don't like Portland because of my friends in the fans. <laughs> That's the only reason I don't like because I find Lillard's great, McCollum's great. I can root for them. I can never be a fan of Portland just because of like the circumstances and like being up in Portland and being a Laker fan all my life. And oh, the Lakers haven't done anything in ten years. I'm like, dude, neither have any. Maybe pretty much any other team. Like, anyways, going off yeah. on the there, but like. I do see the real comparisons between uh, Beal and Lillard. Like they're they're similar. Cause, yeah, because I see Beal hit or I see Lillard hit game winners, and it's like plastered everywhere. Right, and uh, like I watched Beal hit the game winner against Dallas, 
he hit that game-winning layup against Dallas. Did you guys know that happened? I've, if I because, had to think about because you're no. a wizard, yeah. Because I talked with you, I, I I'll, I'll say this way as we like, you know, try to, um, you know, almost send this out here. I like watching Bradley Beal play, but I also really like watching Marcus Smart play. And I think the differences here is is that Jake, you grew up a Florida fan. You've been following Bradley Beal. You followed him since he went to the league, and I think you are a Wizards fan because of Bradley Beal, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I am not necessarily a Celtics fan, but I'm definitely an Oklahoma State fan. I definitely grew up watching Oklahoma State games. I definitely was attending Oklahoma State while Marcus Smart was there for two years. And I'm going to remain a Marcus Smart Celtics fan because of that, right? But I'm not necessarily a Celtics fan. So when someone says, oh, Marcus Smart's not the great defense, I jump down their throats, tell them why, you know, why they're wrong, regardless of right. if they're wrong or not. But right. you have a very valid they are point. Wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> But you have a very valid point that Bradley Beal, I think, is better than Ben Simmons. Straight up, I don't think that's a question. I think that if you switched Beal for Simmons on that Sixers team, they're better. I think that if Ben Simmons goes and plays with the Wizards, the Wizards need to go, you know, the Wizards are being yelled at. You got to blow it up and trade Ben Simmons. They're trading Ben Simmons for picks. (laughs) I think think we're all yelling trade it up. Trade, you know, know, switch it up or whatever it is. I think there's a little bit also of, Beal's been in the league for what seems like a, a good good amount of time. Ben Simmons still, I think we're all kind of waiting for him to make the next leap up. And the last thing I understand about Ben, you know, Ben Simmons' thing is okay, he plays great defense, but he can't shoot. He can't shoot. He can't not yep. shoot at all. And I've never ever in my life gone, ah, oh, Bradley Beal can't shoot. No, Bradley Beal can shoot. I've never said Bradley Beal can't play defense at all. He can play defense, you know, when he wants to within the, you know, within the team. And you're just you're not you're not doing it any other way. I would say that there's a lot of guys from that All NBA team where if you just switch Beal for that guy on their team, it's oh, I take Beal instead. And that's how I've always viewed the All NBA team. I've told you that before, Jake. Too um, mm-hmm. All Star is kind of like showy, flashy. You know, I'll turn on League Pass or whatever. All NBA is hey, would I rather take this guy or this guy? You know, and would I rather have Lillard or Beal? Honestly, probably for the for the Trailblazers. I definitely rather have Beal than McCollum, but I probably yeah. would rather have Lillard, you know, than Beal. Absolutely, Beale. absolutely. Would I rather have Westbrook or Beal? Uh, Beal, one hundred ten percent if I'm used to, <laughs> you know, um, you know, and I'll be a Westbrook stand till I die because that 2017 MVP season for the Thunder after KD left. But that still is not really the whole point. It's hey, you know, wait a second, this guy is insanely good. Wish he was better, and for better or for worse. I wish Bradley Beal just had a chance to get traded or to play with whoever. And Jake, I know you and I have heard about it, and there's no doubt Jeremy's heard about it too, of the Beal trade to the Lakers rumors or whatever it is, right? And like, if that happened, Jake, I would understand why you became a Lakers fan. You know, I would respect it. I would understand it. But I would also... I'd I'd be a free agent. But, well, if you're a Beal <laughs> fan in, you know, in name only, you know, or, you know, or a Lakers fan in name only or whatever it is. But on the other hand, if Beal got traded to pretty much any other team, I think he'd be, you know, a big fan because you just don't want to be seen as a bandwagoner. You know, I mean, maybe not Cleveland, but, you know, or the Warriors or God, Celtics. God. But, you know, I mean, somebody, right? So, so I mean, my, my last my last point overall was with this. Beal is amazing. Beal is an incredible player. But 
whenever John Wall comes back, we're going to see how good Beal is. Like, I think that's when Beal's going to get more all-NBA nods or whatever. Whenever it's no longer, yeah, dude, it's literally just Beal's team. Because right now, <laughs> as an NBA fan, I see Beal in the same light as I see Booker. And I see two really, really good players who can any day of the week just light it up, play amazingly good offense, play somewhat respectable defense on the other side, but they're not able to just take their team by itself to the playoffs in either conference. And right. I only know that player on that team, right? Yeah, DeAndre Ayton got you know drafted like two years ago, so I know his name, but that's it, you know, or last year, whatever it was. I, I, I I'm waiting for be able to get that one more guy so we can go, oh, wait, hang on a second. Beal still has the same stats whenever John Wall comes back. Now just all of a sudden their wins go up because John Wall's able to put up some stats too. And that's the yeah, difference. I think it's it's similar too with that. Is like, it's like immediately just thinking about it just so recent. Like if Beal was replaced with Paul George, like just trying to think of like that Clippers team, like with Kawhi and Beal and like the shooting and like, the differential there, it's like, I don't think he'd be scoring 30 points a game, but it's like their team would still be like really, really good. Like it feels, I think, I mean, you've watched a lot more Bradley Beal games than I have. And like, I'm not obviously very familiar with him, but I think the way Beal is most successful is he has like a small forward type of like star with him. I mm-hmm. think that's the most successful that Bradley Beal can be on the team. Well, and the interesting thing is like before the season, you know, to kind of, wrap this up like the whole thing that was said about Beal is like well how is he going to fare without John Wall well he comes out and averages 30 points and then they were like well he's going to have to play point guard too like and so he averages 6.8 assists yeah like what what more can you ask of him and I, I told Calvin this earlier you know those calling him a bad defender and those efficiency stats like there are only a couple guys in the NBA off the top of our heads that we can name that are really known for their defense. Um, Marcus Smart, um, you know, Tony Allen, right. uh, Gobert, you know, guys like that. But then like all the other guards that are considered respectable defensively have a good center or have a good big man behind them. Like no one talks about Lillard being crappy at defense anymore. Exactly. Because he has Nurkic. Uh, whoever yeah like he like none of them they're all if you had to put them all four to get a stop like you would who would know who'd get the stop out of like Harden Luca Bradley Beal Trey Young obviously like none of yeah no no one talks about like their defense and it's like I guess it becomes like the more mainstream there like if their team's winning or not so that's like Bradley Beal for a knock yeah, the Bradley Beal like defensive argument just seems like a cop out. It does it because because you use it for him, but then like, well, what about Harden? Exactly. What about Trey Young? What about you know Luca? What about all these other guys that don't play defense? And so it's like that's why I was saying he kind of gets like double standarded. Um, but true. I know we've gone into this Bradley Beal thing, but Embiid should have made it too. Embiid should have been over Gobert. Period. I- no doubt in my mind. I agree. Especially considering that he shut the NBA season out. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look at microphones. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Well, on that note here, um, Jake and Jeremy, thank you so much for joining the latest episode of the CGA Tour podcast here. 
Please follow at the CGA Tour on Twitter and Instagram for more, and we will catch you guys soon.